Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And I know it doesn't necessarily feel like we're getting close to football because the weather has yet to die down in this August, being really humid up here in the capital region. Also, you know, no preseason games. There hasn't been a whole lot of talk about training camp and, you know, roster moves and everything coming out of preseason that you normally would get with the games, you're not quite hearing about. So to coming on to give us an update about the Jets training camp and how everything's going there is Jets columnist for the New York Daily News, Manish Mehta. Manish, thanks for coming on to the show. Well, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you having me on. So, first of all, you know, how are you? How's the family? How's everybody during this crazy time? Uh, we're doing well, uh, you know, just like everybody else, trying to hang in there, trying to do the smart, you know, smart things to to get through this, and uh, you know, hopefully everyone does sooner rather than later. Like I say, you only do one day at a time. You just try to get through that day and not look too far ahead, and hopefully we all take the necessary precautions and get through this. Um, so covering the Jets, obviously, you've been there's no preseason game. So what has stuck out to you the most in training camp? Well, look, it's, it's an odd uh, off season, as you just touched on. And uh, with this Jet team, I think, uh, you know, the challenges are pretty obvious. Uh, they've got four new offensive linemen uh, in a normal season, an off season, I should say. That's a daunting challenge when you're trying to get four new pieces up front to, to gel together. But without having preseason games with this compressed schedule, it's going to be interesting to see how quickly uh, that group up front uh, develops uh, a chemistry uh, when the uh, you know the real bullets start flying uh, in week one when the Jets go up to Buffalo. So that, that's a big concern. Wide receiver has been a, a concern for this team for a little bit. They drafted Denzel Mims in the second round. He hasn't practiced uh, in training camp because he tweaked his hamstring and they're being, oh, you know, I, I think a little overly cautious, but they're they're taking the conservative approach uh, to make sure that, uh, you know, what they believe a mild hamstring issue doesn't become something more serious. So Sam Darnold, you know, hasn't had a, a young player who uh, the organization believes can be a big part of this team uh, in 2020. Uh, you know, and the big story on the other side of the ball is obvious. Uh, they don't have their two best players, one by choice. They traded away Jamal Adams right before training camp started. And then C.J. Mosley, who missed most of last year because of uh, an injury that required a sports hernia, decided to opt out for COVID-19 reasons. So Greg Williams has a big challenge of not having uh, his two best players on that side of the ball. So, you know, it's going to be an interesting interesting season, I should say, given all of these changes and new pieces in place. Now, you touched on an awful lot with that answer. I'm going to start off with the offensive line. Like we talked about, no preseason. These guys are going to have to gel together because the Jets did a great job of grabbing new offensive linemen, and knowing that's where the struggle was really happening, Le'Veon Bell unable to get any space to get going, uh, Sam Darnold often not given the time to pass. Now, with that gelling of the offensive line, with Le'Veon Bell going into his second year off of taking that year off, 
which a lot of people are underrated about, where it really took a whole year to get into football shape. Do you think that with having that offensive line, it's really going to help opening up the run game, and that run game is also going to help opening up the passing lanes for Sam Darnold? Is this like a big component of where we see Sam Darnold progress this year? I think it's the most important component, frankly, because if you can't protect Sam Darnold, you're not going to give him the necessary time to make decisions in the pocket. And, uh, you know, that was an issue last year, not only in pass protection, but uh, as you just noted, in, in run blocking for Le'Veon Bell. So everything starts in the trenches. It's, you know, basic NFL philosophy, but it's true. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you if the offensive line's better. I can only tell you that they're new. There's four <laughs> new pieces. The only returning starter from last year is the left guard, Alex Lewis. But you got a new center. you got two new tackles. One of those new tackles, by the way, is a rookie in Mekhi Becton. Uh, and I think he's got tremendous potential. But the other new pieces in place, I don't know, frankly, if they're going to be – better than they were last year, marginally better, uh, a lot better, or, or roughly the same, or maybe even take a step back. It's hard to know, but, uh, you know, that, that's, that's you know, what we're going to find out when it actually matters. You know, mm-hmm. if they had the spring, if they had the preseason, they would have more opportunity to kind of get a better understanding because, uh, you know, if there's any group that requires, uh, you know, an understanding and a rapport, it's that offensive line, and the Jets don't have that time right now. Now, Makai Becton, you touched on him a little bit. In Louisville, their system wasn't necessarily great at pass blocking because they did so much shotgun. Have you noticed the difference between Sam Darnold maybe practicing in shotgun or under the huddle, or have they not been able to get into that as much, being unable to practice with pads up until, I believe, just not too long ago? Well, look, Sam Darnold was comfortable coming out of USC playing in the shotgun. He played in the shotgun a lot last year. Uh, I understand Adam Gase's thinking in doing that. However, there is a ripple effect because when you have uh, Sam Darnold in shotgun, that really takes away uh, a lot of uh, what Le'Veon Bell can do for you. You know, He's a high-formation running back. He became one of the best running backs in this league over the last decade because uh, you know, he runs out of the eye formation. That's the Steelers used him the right way. So I do understand the you know, getting your young quarterback comfortable in what makes sense for him right now. But ultimately, you know, you're going to have to see a lot more Sam Darnold under center. Uh, you know, that will help him out. It'll help out Bell in terms of play action opportunities as well. Uh, but uh, you know, just circling back to your original point, yeah, Kai Becton's strength clearly is run blocking. Mm-hmm. Pass protection is an area that he's going to need refinement in. And uh, and th- and that's why, for as good as I think he can be in the NFL, uh, I think uh, if you're being fair and realistic, I, you know, there's going to be a learning curve uh, in terms of pass protection for the rookie. Now, one thing I liked about the coach Adam Gase coming in is that he was an offensive mind. You get a rookie quarterback, you get Adam Gase in there and try to progress him. Um, now going into his third year, not being injured, Sam Darnold not being injured, not dealing with mono. We saw what he could do down the stretch. Um, is there any point in time that you see them moving on from Adam Gase? I know a lot of Jets fans have been really critical of Adam Gase. One of the things that I liked was that they brought in Greg Williams too, so they could have Adam Gase focus on the offense, but as you've seen, some of that backfired with the trading of Jamal Adams maybe, but you know, realistically, do you see them moving on and trying to get a new quarterback, uh, head coach in there that might often hurt the development of Sam Darnold? Look, it's all up to Adam Gase. This is a pivotal year for him. He was hired, as you said, to 
bring out the best in Sam Darnold, to develop Sam Darnold. Uh, all that being said, he's the head coach. He's not the offensive coordinator or the quarterback's coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the head coach, so he should oversee the entire team. That includes offense, defense, and special teams. Uh, but it's really up to him and Darnold. If Darnold makes a significant jump from year two to year three and the Jets fall short of the playoffs for a tenth consecutive year, I think you can make a, a solid case that Ad, Adam Gase should be back in 2021. Mm-hmm. However, if the team struggles, and more importantly for Gase's future, if uh, Sam Darnold does not make big strides, because he did not make big strides from year one to year two, I thought he made some incremental improvement, but not that big jump. Yep. If that repeats itself and Darnold is kind of just plodding along and the team is not successful, then I think that Joe Douglas, the general manager, will go to ownership and, and ask if he can hire his own head coach. So it's a make-or-break year for for Adam Gase, the team may not say that publicly, but that's the truth of it. That's the reality of mm-hmm. it. The owner of the team, Woody Johnson, who's the U.K. ambassador for the Trump administration, in all likelihood is going to return to the United States. He doesn't have any kind of real loyalty toward Gase. Yep. He's not the one who hired him. He signed off on it. But his brother, Christopher Johnson, is the one who made the hire. So uh, it's a big year for Adam Gase. If he does not deliver uh, specifically with a young quarterback, uh, I think uh, they will make a change at that spot after the season. Joined by Manish Mehta, the columnist for New York Daily News. So jumping on the defensive side of the ball, obviously, the big trade of Jamal Adams. A lot of people criticized it because it looked like a team that we were trying to win now with Le'Veon Bell in there, Sam Darnold looking like a potential franchise quarterback, bringing in Adam Gase, having Greg Williams on the defensive side of the ball, and basically kind of having two head coaches there with one on the defense, one on the offense. But like you talked about, he needs to oversee everybody, Adam Gase does. But jumping to the defensive side of the ball with a win-now kind of mentality, not waiting a couple of years down the road, how do you see this Jamal Adams trade uh, panning out for the Jets? I mean, it's to be be determined. Mm -hmm. You're getting two first-round picks in all likelihood in the low to mid-20s, maybe the late-20s, depending on how the Seahawks fare over the next two years. Uh, so one of those two first-round picks is not even until 2021 yep. uh, and 2022, I should say. So we're not going to find out who, quote-unquote, won this trade for uh, several years, three, four years probably. Uh, what you will see, however, immediately is the impact that Jamal Adams makes on the Seahawks' defense. Yep. This is an all-pro player. This is a dynamic uh, young player, probably top five, top seven defensive player in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if I agree with the notion that the Jets are win now, because if they were win now, they, they would not have traded Jamal Adams. Uh, they have about $30 million in available salary cap space. Uh, there's a few, uh, believe it or not, unrestricted free agents who could still make an impact for them on the defensive side of the ball, who they have not shown any strong interest in, at least recently. So uh, I think this team is Looking at 2020 as a throwaway season, again, that's not something they can say publicly, but I think they're just building for tomorrow. And unfortunately for the fan base, this franchise has focused much too much on the future and neglected the present because there is a reason why the Jets have missed the playoffs for nine consecutive years. And only two franchises, the Cleveland Browns and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, have a longer playoff drought. And that's because of poor drafting, poor decision-making, and again, always seemingly looking at two, three years ahead, which makes a lot of sense as long as you're not neglecting today. And I feel like the Jets, uh, in effect, even though they're not going to tell you this, uh, they're looking at 2020 as another rebuilding season. 
unfortunately for Jets fans. Um, one of uh, Jamal Adams' favorite people to play with has been Marcus May. Everything coming out of training camp uh, seems like this guy is taking the next level. How have you seen the transition of Marcus May playing without Jamal Adams by his side, being that leader? Have you seen him grow into that leadership role and make plays on that defense as we go further and further into training camp? I mean, look, he's a versatile player. Uh, he's not the same player that Jamal Adams is, but he has a varied skill set. And if anyone uh, has been around football for the last 30 years uh, knows, Greg Williams is going to adapt and adjust mm-hmm. to a particular player's strengths. And last year, Jamal Adams was used all over the field. Uh, Marcus May was the deep center fielder. He was the, the safety in the post. This year, without Jamal Adams there, you're seeing Marcus May used closer to the line of scrimmage. You're kind of seeing him all over the place because he does have that ability. He always had that ability coming out of the University of Florida. And it's just, you know, last year he was needed for a specific purpose. This year he's needed for a different purpose. And because he has the tools to deliver, uh, Greg Williams is going to put him in advantageous positions to make plays. You know, for, for Marcus May, you know, entering a contract season, uh, he needs to stay healthy. That's really what it comes down to. He's been nicked up here and there in the past, but uh, he was fairly healthy last year. And, uh, you know, he's just a terrific player. To me, he's one of the more underrated players when he's on the field. And I think this year you're going to see him used in ways that he was not used last year because the Jets didn't necessarily need him to do specific things like that. Uh, this time around, I think you're going to see, uh, you know, a Swiss Army knife type of player that Greg Williams is going to use to his advantage. Now, one of my favorite players in the draft that I feel like did not get talked about enough was um, Ashton Davis going in the safety position, still staying in the safety position, obviously getting Bradley McDougal back in at Jamal Adams trade, a guy that's a solid starter that started the last two years for the Seahawks. Could you see them trickle in Ashton Davis, or is this really just a learning year? We're going to see him here and there, but mainly it's Bradley McDougal, and like you talked about, Marcus May playing center field, playing a little more of a different position than he did last year. I think that's also really up to the player. If the player can prove to Greg Williams and that defensive staff that uh, he deserves to be on the field more than just a handful of times each week, he's going to get that opportunity. And Ashton Davis is a terrific athlete. He's got that track background. That's how he actually entered college and then Mm -hmm. walked on as a football player. Uh, And he fell in the draft because he had an adductor injury. He had surgery. I think if he were healthy... He would have, uh, in all likelihood, been a second-round pick. He fell a round or so, and the Jets got him in the third. Uh, you know, I can't tell you what his role is because I don't think the Jets really know what his role is going to be. It's really a matter of how much he absorbs the playbook, how much he understands, because there's a lot of responsibility uh, for players in Greg D- Williams' defense. It's not simply just understanding one or two concepts. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a, you know, a tiered type of defense that requires you know, not only physical ability but a lot of uh, football IQ. And uh, Ashton Davis, by, by all accounts, is a smart guy, and I know the Jets are very impressed with him to this point. But, uh, again, for all rookies, because of this unusual offseason, it's a challenge. Uh, I think he's going to play. He's absolutely going to contribute on special teams right away. But in terms of how, how much he plays on defense, that's really up to him, how quickly he understands the defense. Because I can tell you this, whether he's a rookie or a 10-year veteran, I don't think Greg Williams cares. Mm-hmm. If the guy is smart enough and understands the concepts that are being taught, he's going to get on the field. 
Awesome. Um, so one of the players that I look forward to looking at every year, uh, this going into his second year, Quinnen Williams. I'm a big Alabama guy, so I've seen what he could do in the Alabama defense, obviously, last year uh, due to injury and maybe just getting up to game speed. He wasn't quite that dominant force that he was at Alabama. Do you see him making that big leap from year one to year two? I do. I do. He's actually one of the maybe the most, other than Sam Darnold, the player that I'm most excited to see this season because, look, when you're that high of a draft pick, the expectations are going to be through the roof, and guys picked around him in the top ten uh, had some really good moments last year, so he was always being compared to you know, the Boses and the Ed Olivers. But uh, he is a – I think he can be a special player in this league. Uh, he, he only started, as you know, being an Alabama follower uh, only one year uh, mm-hmm. with Nick Saban. He's a young player. He transformed his body, transformed his diet this offseason. He's leaner. Uh, he's a much better understanding of the defense. I think uh, he will tell you this. He has said this. His position coach, Andre Carter, said it as well. I think he was thinking too much last year. Yep. That's a, you know, a natural thing for a rookie. Uh, it prevents you from playing fast. It prevents you from really showing the skill set that you have. And I think that Quentin Williams has a tremendous skill set. I think he is going to make a significant jump from year one to year two. And uh, I think he's going to be a difference maker for a very long time in this league. So before we let you go, one of the things that I wanted to talk about with you is the underrated additions of Frank Gore and Joe Flacco being in the running back room and being in the quarterback room and also being on that team, being that veteran leadership. You know, in preseason games, you could see it a little more. You could see these guys interact a little more with no preseason games preseason games we haven't been able to keep in contact a lot of people forget Frank Gore did sign with that team Joe Flacco is in that QB room uh could you kind of explain the impact that you've already seen these guys have well look Frank Gore is always going to be a good mentor uh you know he he believes he's got a lot of football left this is his 16th season uh he has had at least 125 carries in each of his uh 15 seasons and at least 150 carries in his last 14 seasons so he did not come here just to be a de facto coach or a cheerleader. Mm-hmm. He believes that he can play, and he played fairly well in the first half of last season for the Bills. Uh, his numbers really fell off in the second half, and I think age, wear and tear, uh, and, the, and the reality that the, the Bills wanted to see a little bit more of the rookie Devin, uh, Devin Singletary last year. Yep. Uh, I think that he believes he's got a lot left in the tank. I think the Jets would have been much better served if they got a speed element in the backfield to complement Le'Veon Bell. Uh, but Frank Gore is a tremendous teammate. He's a selfless guy, always has been. How much he actually helps on the field, look, I, I don't know if it's going to be significant at all. In, in fact, I, don't, I didn't agree with the signing because I think if you were going to have a, a compliment, a guy who can be a change-of-pace guy to give Bell a breather, you already drafted LaMichael Pirine yep. in the fourth round. I think that made much more sense. Bringing in Frank Gore was simply because Adam Gase trusts the guy. Mm-hmm. He's had him uh, in Miami. Then a long time ago, he had him. He worked with him in San Francisco. But uh, I didn't agree with the move, not because I don't think that Frank Gore is an incredible professional and can be an incredible uh, uh, help to his teammates, but because from a football perspective, uh, you're taking away opportunities from the rookie running back. And if you wanted to add a third running back, you should have gotten a home run hitter, a guy with more speed, because clearly Frank Gore doesn't provide that. I agree with that 100%. Um, So real quickly before I let you go, 
you had your fantasy draft. You got any uh, advice for us getting into fantasy drafts? I got mine next weekend, so maybe you could give me a little insight on how yours <laughs> went and what to do. Look, I mean, as any fantasy football expert will tell you, it all depends on your scoring format, whether yeah. it's a point per reception, half point per reception, or just standard no points per reception. I'm a risk taker, uh, not in real life, but in fantasy football, <laughs> I'm a risk taker. So I love Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I know if, if you follow oh, yeah. college football, you know what he did at LSU. I think he's in a very similar position in that he's surrounded by so much talent in Kansas City, and Andy Reid has turned uh, you know, lesser pedigree players like a Brian Westbrook in Philadelphia, like Kareem Hunt. Mm-hmm. He's turned lesser pedigree running backs into star players. And you know, Clyde Edwards-Laird, to me, has the potential of being a superstar a fantasy player right out of the chute. So I would say it's only fantasy football. Take some risks because at the end of the day, if it doesn't work out, it's not going to change your life. All right, Manish, I hope none of my buddies are listening because Clyde Edwards-Lair has been high on my list watching him at LSU and, you know, being a big Alabama fan and seeing what he's done against that defense has just been incredible. And I see him being a Eagles fan as well, seeing him in that type of Westbrook type of role with them and catching balls out of the backfield, running up the field as a running back. So I hope none of my friends are listening. I appreciate your time and hopefully we can get together down the road and uh, successful time continuing to cover the Jets. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. No problem. That was Manish Mehta covers the Jets for the New York Daily News. Outstanding information there. Like I said, we don't get a lot of information coming out of NFL training camp, so I wanted to get a Jets writer on to give you some perspective. Sam Darnold going into a big year. You have Adam Gase going into a big year. They revamped that offensive line. They revamped the wide receiver group. And this defense is going through a change as well without Jamal Adams. So wanted to give you a little insight there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.